Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Touche the Podcast. Very excited to be here in the studio today because David and I have not recorded since before Thanksgiving. Yeah, we took a little holiday hiatus, and now we're on adult winter break and (laughs) ready to be back. Yes, we are. And 2024 is going to be bigger and better than ever. So everyone buckle in, baby. Yeah, I've heard people calling it the year of Touche. You know, I've heard that too. The yacht. As always, if we haven't posted in a while, feel free to re-listen to our episodes, check out our Instagram, you know, they'll stay there forever, so. Yes, they do. They will continue to haunt us. For better or for worse. Send us an email at touchethepodcast at gmail.com. You guys know the drill. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. When I got home from work today, no lie, I literally felt like a kid who just finished finals. I literally walked in chanting, winter break, <laughs> winter break, <laughs> and I blasted Christmas music, and I've, I just, honestly, okay, you know what's crazy is I saw a tweet that said, happy winter break, or like, not working weeks to everyone who has email jobs, and we definitely have email jobs. Yes, we do. But I'm not even being dramatic. I'm not trying to be like, oh my god, my job is so busy. This week kicked my ass. Like, I actually had, um, this might be the busiest work week I've had in a while. I'm not gonna lie. No, I feel like everyone's preparing for being out. Yes. And so people are just on edge. Everyone was like, let me finish everything I've wanted to do this whole year in this one week. Yeah. And oh, by the way, you can't get that to me in two seconds while I'm pissed. So it made coming home today like even better because it's like, you know when you, you, you know how post-finals just feels so rewarding because you did so much work? Oh, 100%. It's the best feeling. Yeah, this was a work week where I felt validated because I'm yeah. like, okay. And I was just listening to um, Sabrina Carpenter has a really nice Christmas music al- album out. So interesting. Um, okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, go go check that out. The difference though about winter break now is that the work is still there when we get back. Back in the day when you finished finals, that class was over. That's so true. And then you never had to think about it again. In fact, you never used that knowledge that you learned in that class ever again. Although we do get paid now. So I do like the paycheck. I feel like we haven't you haven't caught up the listeners, you haven't caught me up on like what's what's been going on recently uh ditto i feel like we have so much to catch up we've on. been like so busy like we traveled for work together but also i didn't even feel like i don't even think i talked to you that much while we were on our work trip i feel like we talked a lot in new york did we yeah <laughs> <laughs> where were you oh that's so true we traveled together but like we've just been like moving and grooving in our lives the past week what you 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 traveled somewhere recently well before i get into that okay yeah no like quick, screw that i have a quick little like update Ooh. so episode 19 i talked about Charmin's. we're talking about the, we're talking about toilet paper again yeah we for are the second time on this podcast no we are so i really wanted to get some experience and some data under my belt the you last bought the two toilet months. paper oh i bought the toilet paper you guys costco has it for a full pack. Honestly, very comparable to uh, pretty much every other toilet paper brand. So it wasn't even that much more expensive. But I've been using their new easy soft tear technology. Oh my God. You guys. It's incredible. Really what they have done. This is the kind of invention and innovation that you just that is only once in a lifetime. <laughs> I highly recommend. Do you have it at your apartment right now? Oh, yeah. I, like, wasn't checking out the toilet paper when I was there last, so. it. I've not had one piece of toilet paper that tore. Okay, so you're a fan. I'm a fan. It works. And yeah. I am here to tell the tale. 
Okay. I've been collecting data now for almost eight weeks. and That's crazy. I'm really happy with that. That was my first update for you. And yes, we I am talking about toilet paper. Wait, that's crazy. Okay, I love that. I'm glad that we looped around on that. Yes. Um, so check out episode 19 where we discuss their new uh, patented technology. If you guys haven't already. Use code touche 20% for 20% off your next Charmin purchase. That would be the most crazy collab. Okay, that's our 2024 goal. Our yacht goal. Our yacht, <laughs> our yacht goal um, is a collab with Charmin. Yeah. I actually like, okay, crazy opinion. I feel like I never really think about toilet paper. I have bad quality toilet paper in my apartment and people like mention it to me a lot. I've noticed this about your toilet paper. I don't notice it. Well, you're an easy man. I'm a trooper. You're an e- you're easy to please. Well, I feel like girls, I think girls use toilet paper more than boys do. Yeah, I'm like That's why I need top of the line. <laughs> and I have it, you guys. Okay. Well, that was like <laughs> that was like the, my most exciting update okay, for wow. you. <laughs> That's actually exciting. I I can't believe you kept that a secret from me for all these weeks. Well, I just I didn't I wanted to bury the lead. You made a huge change like that. Have yeah. you ever seen Legally Blonde? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know when she's at the uh, sorority meeting and she talks about like she's her accomplishments as president, one of them is that she changed um to higher quality toilet paper That's in the sorority house. That's a huge that's a huge accomplishment. You're basically Elle Woods right now. That was my big update. What about you? I went to Tipsy Elf last night, which is a Christmas pop-up bar in Bishop Arts. A little BA moment, as we like to call it on the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, So funny. So one, I love a Christmas pop-up moment. But when we were in Bishop Arts, and I have never had this thought, Peter was saying how the neighborhood is kind of millennial coded, how it has like geometric wallpaper everywhere. Like, you know that like 2020s vibe where it's like, light pinks geometric wallpaper like cactus western chic and we all were talking last night is like how how, do we think that that's like they made it too trendy in a moment like all of the buildings are like that like a soft white brick wait that's interesting i haven't really thought about that either that's very much like kind of desert racer lila's like they all have that similar vibe right it is it was very in Mm mm-hmm I don't I would, know if it's gone out yet. It's not out, but I would love to see a little bit of originality. 100%. I mean, I'm assuming they're all just going to remodel whenever that's out-out. I don't really yeah. know what the investment in the Bishop Arts neighborhood is. Yeah. But I do love BA. It was one of those moments where we said last on the last pod, and I also said this last night too, it would be fun only if all my friends live there. It's like two out of the way for me. It has some really great restaurants, like... I will go out of my way on a Friday night to hit, like, Revelers Hall, go to Paradiso. They have some really cute, like, smaller, more intimate bars. Mm -hmm. So I love all those things, but I couldn't live over there. So speaking of that, I actually just heard of two new restaurants that opened in Dallas that I'm really interested to go to. Lay it on me. First one is Colette. Where is it? It's in West Village, which West Village... That's your kind of stomping ground. I, like, don't like West Village that much. I, like, don't know if that's, like, my stomping ground, but, like, okay, okay, okay I'll take okay, it. Okay, <laughs> I'll take it back. Norge's stomping ground. That's Norge's stomp, uh, stomping ground. But, um, so I, I don't actually, like, love the location. I think the problem with West Village is it's not wa- very walkable. Mm-hmm. Like, the parking situation isn't ideal. Dude, and, okay, you know what annoys me is, like, in that middle shopping center, everything's a one-way. Yes. And then I have to get on, like, effing McKinney to turn no, around. No, I know. You have to, like, constantly make loops. And yeah. then you're just, like, you before you know it, because you can't find parking, you've looped, like, six no, times. No, I'm, like, spinning. And yeah. I, like, forget where I'm going, and I'm just, like, going in circles following the crowd. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. But this is 
right across from where the old Miko was, it actually, the owners of Namo, who are SMU grads. Oh, oh, oh the old Miko. The old, old Miko. Miko. Yeah, yeah. The old one that was like where Hugo's was, yeah. which I think like then Hugo's maybe closed. I don't yeah, even it's know. like now something new. Yeah. So near the, okay, like movie theater Van Leeuwen area. Yes, exactly. It's right across from that ice cream spot. And so the o- old owners of Namo open this Yum. and they're known for their really like unique and eclectic cocktails. Apparently Ooh. they're mixologist, which I sound like such a douchebag. Mixologist. <laughs> um, apparently, they're mixologist. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'm about to blow you guys' mind. But, <laughs> oh my um, God. Apparently their mixologist was like, how many times can I say that? I was going to say take a shot every <laughs> okay, time we say Seriously, like I'd be, I'd be in the hospital. Um, came from Michelin star restaurant. Mm. So the, apparently the cocktails are amazing. Cause okay. like when I, my favorite cocktail bars, which I'm sure a lot of people share this feeling is like Bowen house. Cause mm-hmm. they're super unique and special. And you can kind you can kind of be like, I love, I want something with cucumber and basil. You guys make it for yeah. me. Clifton club is really like that too. Mm-hmm. This is going to be, I think another bar like that, that has unique cocktails, unique experience. That's apparently location for that. I know. That's how I feel too. Like, are they going to be open late? Are people going to like go out in West village? Exactly. Exactly. Like that's what I was trying to say earlier that saying it's not walkable is not the right way to say it. It's I not mean, like a nightlife area. It's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you're at like Uptown Pub, but the people going to Uptown Pub are not going to Colette too. No, no, no. That's different vibes. Yeah. But it looks interesting. They're actually not, I don't think officially open yet. Okay. I keep trying to go to their website and they don't have a place to like call or contact Sad. yet. But my second place I wanted to mention was this, was this place called St. Valentine. I'm going tomorrow. Oh, yes. Apparently, it's amazing. I've had some friends go already. But Where is it? It's on like Bryan Street. Okay. So it's more in the old East Dallas area. You know where like Jimmy's is? Mm-hmm. Which I bring up Jimmy's because yeah. one of the items on their menu. On Jimmy's menu? On St. Valentine. Valentine's, Valentine's menus. Yeah. Valentine's. <laughs> so <laughs> Italian. <laughs> one of the items is like fried olives stuffed with Jimmy sausage. Oh, shit. Isn't that crazy? That sounds amazing. I know. So they're they're like kind of bringing in local markets yeah. into their dishes. Are you going to get them tomorrow? Am I? Yeah. Nothing I love more than olives and Jimmy sausage. So uh, I'm really excited about those places. And I just wanted to share my knowledge because if anyone likes food as much as I do. Mm. That's so fun. Yeah. That sounds yummy. What's the like vibe of it? I think it's kind of chill. Have you ever been to like Urbano Cafe? More just like lax environment. Everyone's having bottles of wine, apps, shared apps kind of thing. It's, it's kind of one of those environments. That's fun. That's exciting. Those are my restaurant updates for you. Okay, so I have a question for you. No way. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. We have a podcast, did you know? Lay it on me. Do you ever listen to books on tape? No. Do you, do do you, you want ever, me to lie? <laughs> yeah, all the time. Do you ever pick up a book and read it? Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. What What part? What do you want? We, we can. I'm an actor. <laughs> Let's read you that. What do you want me to say? Okay. My question for you is if you listen to a book on tape instead of reading the physical book, do you say that you read that book? No. What do you say? I said I listened to an audio book. It depends on what context someone's like telling me like okay so I have a Goodreads account right and it's where you log your books and I don't think that listening to a book allows you to log your book on Goodreads towards your like reading goal of the year that doesn't count but if it's just like in conversation I am fine with you saying you read it via an audio book so why can't you log an audio book on Goodreads can't you because then I could have I could read 200 books a year 
You're still consuming that knowledge. Yeah, but the the point of like reading is that you there's a different level of effort there. I was joking about this with someone and we were like, hey, what if you just say you like you consumed that book? I consumed that book. <laughs> Did you know what I'm saying yeah, I know though? What you're saying, yeah. Just synonyms for like consuming information instead of being like I read that book or I listened to that book on tape. Have you been on an audiobook kick? I've been listening to so many audiobooks lately because it's because we're always in the car, commuting mm-hmm. to and from the office, running errands, whatever. And it's so much easier to just listen to something. Yeah. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because you sent me like 300 Instagram reels a night. And, <laughs> I, and you're like, I just don't have time to read at night. For anyone who can't see, I am flipping this <laughs> off. <laughs> um, no, but, no, but I get it. I get it. You're like tired. You don't want right. to read. Yeah. Like I don't want to like really. At- I am pro audiobooks. Like auth- I want authors to still get their content out. Yes. And Spotify like just released hella audiobooks or changed like their algorithm or something. Like yeah. now we have access to audiobooks. I know. And I've been paying for an Audible account and oh, wow. it's actually pretty expensive. And so I'm going to cancel now because everything I could ever want is on Spotify, on Spotify audiobooks, but two audiobooks that I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. Also, am I hijacking this episode no, so far? I No. Okay. So first book that I listened to is. was, um, Jeanette McCurdy's I'm happy my mom died. I am. So yeah. And I have not read the book, but I am fairly aware of the content because I am a iCarly and Victorious and Nickelodeon stan. And so Mm -hmm. I'm on like iCarly TikTok where Jeanette McCurdy's like book excerpts are like all over. It's crazy. No, it's so crazy. What's kind of fun about her audiobook specifically is she reads it. Oh, it's cute. So you can hear everything in her voice, her inflection, mm-hmm. like the emotion behind everything. And yeah. so that's really fun. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. To your point. I highly recommend if you guys are familiar with Jeanette McCurdy or if you're a Nickelodeon stan like we are. Mm-hmm. It is so interesting. It's kind of crazy how a lot of these child stars were kind of like forced into the fame and how much it impacted them. Like what was her, what's her like origin story? Did she audition? Did her parents want her to audition? Hence the title of the book. Her whole thing is her really, really toxic and debilitating relationship with her mom. Mm -hmm. Her mom grew up wanting to be famous. She didn't get famous. So she kind of used Jeanette as her like launching pad for fame. And so she just, she pushed Jeanette into absolutely everything. And a lot of these books, these memoirs, the authors are talking about these moments from when they're like, one, two, five years old. I'm mm-hmm. like, I cannot remember things in such vivid detail no. from that age. And they're like recalling very specific conversations. So I'm yeah. like, how is this even, how are you even remembering these things? Maybe no, trauma. So yeah. She got pushed into it. She was absolutely miserable doing it. And trigger warning for people who struggle with these kinds of things, but it launched her into like a horrible, horrible eating disorder which she's like still kind of figuring out how to overcome to this day Mm -hmm. really crazy book but very interesting yeah i know that she was a part of like the dan schneider cult right wasn't victor because he was the the, like producer or the director of icarly right yeah super abusive yeah i've um went watched like a two-hour youtube video with my friends on dan schneider and so it's really interesting if you guys ever watch icarly and victorious again Dan Schneider had a foot fetish, and once you know that, it is so obvious in the show. Those kids had so many bits with toes. Like, their feet were out constantly. Like, they would constantly, like, 
all be on the bed with like their toes just like wiggling like this to start every episode. It's so crazy. Wait, that is insane. I did not know that. And it's really interesting. He pinned the Victorious and iCarly cast against each other. So Victorious was like Ariana Grande and um, that other like um, Liz Gillies was on Victorious. And so they drank. They were drunk every episode. Every episode that they filmed, they were kids. They drank. He tried to get the iCarly cast to drink, like Miranda Cosgrove, Jeanette McCarty, and they were like, no, like we don't want to drink. And he would hold that against them all the time. That's so like, weird. He'd be like, These you are guys tits. are losers. But then it's interesting because Jeanette McCurdy doesn't have beef with Ariana Grande, but then they did that spinoff show with yes. the two of them. And like I know a lot of the dramas, Ariana Grande obviously became insanely famous. Yeah. And I love her, Ariana, obviously. Yeah. But I will say I could see where the intense animosity comes from, even if she does like her as a person. It's so interesting. She has a ton of chapters about her relationship with Ariana, actually. Yeah. And she did say, I'm not going to spoil the entire book, but this is just a small piece. But she said she had so much resentment for Ariana Mm -hmm. because Ariana was like, sorry, I have to miss recording today because I have a shoot for Vogue or I have to record this song or do whatever. And Jeanette was just like, so I'm going to sit here and have to, like, I've never missed a shoot. Like, why am I stuck doing this and you get to leave whenever you want? So, I mean, in the end, she got to date Pete Davidson, the greatest man ever. So, she won. I'd rather be Ariana Grande. (laughs) No offense, Jeanette. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're dealing with all this. But So, if you guys have some time. That would be a good audiobook to listen to. I like to hear it from her point of view. For sure. And she has a really nice, like, easy... um, sounding voice so it's very Mm -hmm. easy to listen to yeah i have a lot of respect for her after hearing everything she went through Mm -hmm. it's pretty crazy she's dealt with a lot a lot of highs and lows yeah i'm currently listening to britney spears um her the woman in me Mm -hmm. audiobook as well yeah which is similar about someone who became famous Mm -hmm. and dealt with a ton of abuse family abuse abuse from the media friends relationships there's a lot of uh i'm reading i'm listening to a lot of sad books right now yeah it does it make you like happy you're not a child star it made me realize like the mental strength and like the perseverance you have to have Mm -hmm. to be able to not let that world affect you it's hard because i always think this like obviously to tell stories we i don't know if we need like need is a really strong word but there's children in stories so you would like a child actor to play them yeah but i'm almost against child actors as a concept now it's hard because i love a bunch of shows and movies that have children acting in them right but like even in the best case scenario you still don't get out of that unscathed and it's like once they become child actors we stop treating them like children Mm -hmm. and they no longer have a childhood no i know they're not even old enough to make decisions for themselves no, I know. So it's so confusing. I don't know how I feel. So in Britney's, what's like the... I don't know that much about Britney's. I'm not done quite yet. I've listened to about 75%, but it's crazy. Yeah. Britney, differentiator from Jeanette, was Britney actually loved performing. She loved singing and dancing. So mm-hmm. she wanted to be a star oh. and like pushed herself to work hard. But for whatever reason, like this book is so heart-wrenching oh, no. and hard to listen to because... Yeah. She has suffered so much abuse. It's crazy what money and fame drives people to do. Mm-hmm. But I hear these stories and I'm just like, how do people do such awful things? Like I've never once 
wanted to screw someone over, abuse them, manipulate anyone in any of these ways. No, it makes no sense. And a lot of times it's the parents and the family members who are doing it the most. So awful. Yeah, I know. You see children, they're so adorable. I know. It's terrible. And like with Brittany, obviously we grew up with Mm -hmm. her. Yeah. And the media has just been attacking her for decades now. Yeah. So, I mean, she has just had such a tough break, starting with Justin Timberlake, oh, what yeah. he did to her and how he portrayed her in the media. He was cheating on her. He was being terrible. So sad. And, like, she's somehow the bad guy. K-Fed. Yeah. They had babies together. He completely just abandons their relationship, but yet still she's the crazy one. And it's so sad because she was suffering with, like, postpartum depression mm. and a lot of issues during this time frame but everyone's just like oh britney's crazy like yeah and also keep in mind a lot of this information i'm getting from her memoir it's coming from her point of view yeah have you seen her documentary or i don't know if it's not like her but the documentary about her or like the free britney documentary no it kind of goes through a lot of like her conservatorship and all of that jazz i just got to the part where she's talking about the conservatorship yeah. I also feel bad because, like, she's a crazy girl now on social media. But, like, I would be if, – if you think about it, she was blocked from social media for, like, 20-up years. She has no – you know, she has no idea what to do. She's like, yeah, I'm naked dancing with knives. Like, is that normal <laughs> we're posting on social <laughs> that media? That video is so funny because her dogs were, like, freaking out in the <laughs> background. <laughs> that was so funny. I'm like, honestly, if I had a bunch of money and was famous and had been blocked from social media for 20 years, like, I can't say – I would probably act exactly the same way. Like she just posted an Instagram story where she's like in a pool with a bunch of boys with Speedos, like smoking a cig. And I'm like, yeah, because she's still in like 1995. Why do we have to like leave her alone? 100%. Like let her like live this beautiful life that she has now. Like she is rocking the like low rise bikini jeans. No, that is so 1995. (laughs) It's like early 2000s. Yeah. She's just like, I'm not going to change. And I love that. Has she talked about her sister? Her sister? (laughs) I feel kind of bad but not really because i like hate on her so much like she was on dancing with the stars and she sucked i was like really um and she also i loved zoe 101 like i loved zoe 101 so much i loved that show and she got freaking pregnant i know and the show got canceled because she had a baby i know i know like are you joking she's she mentioned that and but she was also so mean to britney yeah and she's like not cute no she's like ugly um (laughs) But, and she's so, yeah, she's so mean. What makes her so ugly is how mean her she looks. was. <laughs> <laughs> like, all the money in the world, that's proof right there that all the money in the world can't buy your attractiveness. You heard it here first, you guys. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. If she, honestly, if she was nice, she'd be like such a cutie. Okay, but, yeah, no, that's true. The exactly. foundation is there. Exactly. Just not her foundation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we gotta quit while you're ahead. <laughs> Okay, so the thing about what I think Britney's doing now, I think people think she is aloof and, like, not there, which has been a lot of the issues along the years because people are like, oh, she's mentally ill. She's, like, there's a lot of instability. We need to control her. Yeah. She's very much there. I honestly think she's, like, all of us. No, I mean, I think it's, like, a defense mechanism. She's, like, if everyone thinks I'm not a threat and I'm, like, oh, what am I doing? Yeah. Then people won't be as stressed about containing her. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I get that strategy. Yeah, no, she's kind of a genius. That's how you get the best gossip in groups. If you act like that in groups, people just like start like spilling shit. We're Team Britney in this house. Team Britney, baby. She has bangers. But what I love about the book, mm. it, oh, besides yeah. the fact like how heart-wrenching it is, um, mm. she's pretty much telling a story from day one mm. until 
whatever, however, whenever she decides to end. Yeah. If it's present day, whatever. Yeah. But she she's telling the story and she's talking about her al- albums that she develops over the years. Yeah. And it's like every album she mentions, it's so nostalgic for me to listen because like I remember the time and the place of where I was when like the Blackout album came out in oh 2007. God, That's like my favorite. And all of her different albums and songs along the way. So it's so much fun to kind of remember those moments. I remember 2007, we were in seventh grade. I'm like making YouTube videos, listening to Hot as Ice. Like it's just one of those things that like brought me back. Oh my God. Wait, so that's so true. So, oh my God, now I'm looking at her album. So the Oops, I Did It Again came out in 2000. And Mm -hmm. I remember I had this purple boom box and I had it on CD. This and like Metamorphosis were the two albums that I was playing on replete. But Blackout was when we entered like, are exactly what you're saying seventh grade like middle school vibes right that's when obviously we look at seventh graders now and i'm like you're babies but in our heads that's when you start your like edgy time right. you're like ooh, i'm like oh kind of in the older crowd now and i can listen to like blackout by britney spears right. and like break the ice and i don't know if my parents remember this but I made a YouTube video with my friends to break the ice, like a music video dance video. No, I, I've done the same thing. <laughs> that because that album was her first, like kind of techno-y pop yeah. album. Yeah. Like a lot of her other stuff, I don't know how to exactly to describe it, but no, I actually like I'm looking at the Blackout album right now, and there, this is a no skips album. It's completely no skips. I was actually listening to it on the way to your place today. I literally have Toy Soldier and Pieces of Me in one of my playlists somehow because yeah. they have green. They're dots. downloaded. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, now I'm gonna be listening to the Blackout album. That's definitely her superior album. Oh, it's one of her best. She even mentions in the book it's one of the albums she's most proud of. I mean, she's debatably one of the biggest stars of our lifetime. Oh, for sure. Maybe not our Gen Z counterparts, but sad that they missed out. I know. That sucks for them. Yeah. Now the seventh graders will seem to like Drake and Jack Harlow and Post Malone. That's actually crazy. I know. Or like Doja Cat. Or like Doja and Cardi. and. It's a very different time. Because it's been really pop culture heavy. Did you want to circle around on the audiobook concept or was that just like your intro to? I'm just going to tell everyone I consumed a book. I think memoirs are fine for audiobooks. So true. And I think you can say you read them okay. via audiobook. Okay, so. If you're like listening to Hamlet, I'm, I don't really think that counts as No, that's it. crazy. Yeah. If anyone hears me say I read Britney's book, mind your damn business. One thing about us is we will talk about work trips. We went on a work trip to the Big Apple. Mm-hmm. So fun. Obviously, we. the funniest thing was I passed by you twice on the flight because obviously I had to pee. And you were just editing away. Like, yes, head down. I didn't even notice you walked past me. No, me neither. I think I was on the... Was I on the middle on the way there on that flight? No, 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 no. I was not. I'm thinking about Burbank. Oh, because I said I didn't hang out with you at all in New York, and then I'm just replaying it, and I actually... That's a lie. First of all, we took a flight together. (laughs) We literally... Ubered together. Ubered together. We gallivanted around the city before going to the oh, event we together. We went to the Oculus, yeah. We went to the Oculus. <laughs> we got coffee. We went shopping. <laughs> then we went to the event together. We spent the whole event together. Oh, that's. Oh yeah. I sat next to you at dinner. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. We had a little impromptu live show. <laughs> no, literally. Yeah, no. Exciting times. Honestly, I, I know you don't feel that. I don't think you feel the same way. Uh, every time I leave New York, I literally leave on the plane home looking up apartments. And I know I But don't you came from like living in the Northeast, coming yeah. from DC. So you're like used to that big city life. Yeah. I, this last trip, I'm not going to lie. I was like very, very, very tempted 
then I'm like, oh, I need to move. But then I looked at apartments and I'm like, I could just fly there every other weekend. Then just. I mean, New York's a great city. What about it do you like so much? I mean, I just, I miss the walkability. Like, mm-hmm. I wish that I could walk to everything and I wish I could like just walk over to your place or take public transportation to your place Mm -hmm. without having to drive and park you were such a subway boy while we were there oh my god I okay one I literally died on the bus I died on the bus but (laughs) anytime like I was like I'm not ubering I'm not taking the bus like I am taking the subway yeah and I fucking love the subway we had because it was a work event so we had a bus that was hired to transport us places <laughs> David would miss the bus mm-hmm. and take the subway by himself oh my god for the second dinner I was like curving everyone yeah everyone was like where are you the bus is here and I was like oh I'm just I'm out like yeah and I was like <laughs> you're like I'm really far north <laughs> No, and I was like, I am saying no to everyone because I'm subwaying alone. And I knew that if I went down to the lobby with everyone, they would be like, no, you have to take the bus. Everyone everyone came up to me. They're like, is David okay? And I was like, first of all, I'm not his keeper. (laughs) And second of all, no, he's not okay. I I agree with you. I love New York City. Oh, you know what I also miss about like city life? And you will be on the same page as me on this. Is I loved, like, we were in this restaurant in the West Village and it was just like, cramped like dimly lit like we had like fun drinks and people were like kind of spilling their drinks but in like a cute way like the music was really loud and it was giving like bowen house vibes but like every restaurant is like bowen house and i miss that like i do not want like wide open spaces in the restaurant i don't want it to be like super bright i don't want it to be and i like being on top of the person next to me like i I love that and i know that's like not a super, I know not everyone feels the same way, but I love that. No, I think it's so fun. Yeah. I like how everything is very narrow. Yes. And long. Yeah. And there's like six tables and everyone's just standing mm-hmm. and like, you, yeah, I, I love it. I agree. I love New York. Yeah. I do think that it's really expensive. No, I know. It, it's like not, like I can see why it's worth it. I think if every member of my family and friends lived there, then I'd be like, okay, I see why I'm paying this right but for me to live there without any family um and not every single one of my friends I mean it's, it's so hard for us because we have flight benefits so it's like right. I we literally like I think I, I wouldn't do it unless I was literally just a millionaire but then the amount yeah. of hours that you have to work to I know. make it worth it are like not worth it you really have to give in to like the work hard play hard yeah. kind of mentality you're working like 60 70 80 hour weeks and you're out until like 3 a.m and not sleeping yeah and that's just a life that you have to accept yeah and i don't know if i can get on board with that i like, i love dallas i know yeah. dallas is like it's kind of a polarizing city in the way that you have a lot of people who absolutely love it and mm-hmm. you have people who don't like it yeah and i think dallas is really manageable mm-hmm. it's first of all we have amazing restaurants yeah you just have to find the right spots. No, I've been pleasantly surprised by Dallas. Totally. I um have some friends who live in Austin and one of my best friends, her husband, like they're talking about moving and her husband hates Dallas. Sheila? Yeah, Sheila and her husband. And so her husband is like, I hate Dallas. It's like too pretentious. It's all these things, which a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. And they came to visit um, maybe like a year ago and I took him to a couple places. Yeah. And afterwards he was like, I have no idea these kinds of places even existed in Dallas. It feels like way less pretentious, more intimate. There's a ton of great spots. Yeah. It's funny because one of my ex's friends who's from Austin, whenever I told him that I was moving to Dallas, he was like, the thing I hate about Dallas is I don't like feeling poor. So I don't like going to Dallas. I will say though, I will say, I think that 
Dallas is not for everyone. That's true, but like there are pretentious people in every city. Dallas is pretentious in a very different way. Okay, New York is obviously like beats us, obviously. Right. But Dallas is like pretentious in a very different way than like DC or like okay, how? a lot of other cities. I would say Dallas sways on pretension like LA. Like DC okay. is so focused on like education and job. Like nobody really cares about what you're wearing. Nobody really cares about like what's the like hottest spot or like going there. It's like, what are you doing at work? Like, what are, where'd you go to school? Which is like not great either. But Dallas, I would say, is very LA vibes. And it's more focused on like looks, clothes, brands, cars. And the other thing about Dallas, which I think it's not a bad thing, but I think that you, if you did not grow up here or go to school here, I think that you have to fight really hard to join some of those circles. I have gotten that feedback from people who I'm friends with who came from other cities. Yeah. Like, I think it's really easy to make friends in D.C. I think it's really easy to make friends in New York. I think Dallas, you have to put... Like, I think once you make once you make effort and start making friends, it is so easy to make friends once you've already made friends. Right. But I think pushing through that first bubble is, like, the hardest. And, like, I'm a person where that doesn't bother me. But I think there are certain people that it would be really hard. If you're a shy person, I probably wouldn't live in Dallas. Well, you're like born and raised here. Well, yeah. So um, you're homegrown Dallas girl. I am grassroots Dallas. Yeah. I come from what is it when you like are from an elevated place? I can't think of the word right now. I think I'm coming from a place of privilege. Mm-hmm. In the <laughs> why couldn't I think of that word? Because I grew up here. I I went to high school, college, and have been working here, and so. I've, you know, kept a lot of friend groups along the way. That said, I do not only hang out with people who are from this city. And so I think that you have to meet the right people. I mean, you have a podcast with me. My little DC Cali boy. No, I think you're a good, you're a good, okay, yes. But like, you are a person, That's this is a compliment, not a bad thing. Like that, I don't think that would affect you though. Like, I think even if you didn't live here, you would still very easily be able to make friends. Oh my God, thank you so much. But I'm. It can be hard to make friends. But I, I do think it's like hard to make friends in a lot of places yeah. um i do think it's just harder to make friends in dallas but once you make friends i do think dallas is like a great place i think that we are in agreement yes 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 new york though mm-hmm. it's not pretentious in the way that la is yeah but it's not as approachable oh my god no i would not the only reason why i'd be okay moving there is because i have friends there already totally. so i'd be like okay perfect I would not move to New York if I didn't have friends there. Yes. I think I would be screwed. Yeah, that's so interesting because one of my best girlfriends moved there after we graduated from SMU. Mm -hmm. And she started working at like a big um, consulting firm. Yeah. Didn't have any friends there. Yeah. She lived there for quite a few years, but she suffered a lot of depression. She was like, I really struggled meeting people. I felt lonely a lot of the times. It's like you're surrounded by all of these big buildings, all of these people, but yet you're kind of isolated in ways. It's very Mm -hmm. weird. Yeah. So I totally agree with that, that if you come in with a couple people who can introduce you to a new circle of people and then all of a sudden you have a group, that would make it so much better. And dating apparently is really hard. I've gotten that. Yeah. New York is hard. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So shout out to anyone who is making it work. But we had a great time for the weekend. I love New York. We um went to Comedy Cellar. Dude, so that was so good. That, that was, was so good. Insane. So we went to Fat Black Pussycat, which is I think is like the smaller 
yeah, it's, venue on the side. Yeah, it's like their sidebar venue. Yes, it's like if you guys have ever been to, I know I've mentioned on the pod, um, Joe Rogan's mm-hmm. Comedy Mothership. He has two, one big venue and one small venue for small acts to come through and yeah. then a venue for like a big act. Yeah. So this was one of those places that you like zip up your phone. Yeah, I love that. I know. It's so nice because you're like, I physically can't text anybody. Mm-hmm. I can't talk to anybody. I just have to sit here and enjoy this. They made me take my watch off too. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you can like communicate and record yeah, with it. Yeah, I was like, please take all of this. Yeah. They had some really great acts. I mean, like David and I have talked a lot about comedy in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And there's been some amazing improv, amazing stand-up. But like nothing beats New York comedy. No, no. This was like far superior than that like improv show I saw at the Dallas Comedy Club. Like Totally. <laughs> like I was not watching this show being like I could be up there Dallas Comedy Club I was like we could be up there but like this show I was like oh they're no these are like talented music talented musicians (laughs) (laughs) talented comedians who all had specials yeah also okay we got so lucky so they tickets sell out fast and it's randomized who's there every night so luckily the night that we ended up going one of Tally's favorite comedians if anyone knows of barstool and listens to oops the podcast julio mm-hmm. and francis were the main people of that francis left oops but julio is one of tally's like favorite comedians or just favorite people when we first started this podcast we watched videos of julio doing his podcast yeah. as like inspiration and then we got to see him live which was so crazy that was so crazy that's actually a really good point i didn't even think about all yeah. of that like oops has really been like a huge influence. kind of influence and like yeah. launch pad for us as like a foundation of what we liked and yeah. wanted to see yeah so julio gallerati i was sitting like literally like basically on the stage and it was no literally so crazy to see these people in real life i'm like holy shit you're a real person yeah yeah, he I was know. funny. Yeah, because you kind of idolize these people and you watch them through social media. Yeah. And seeing them in person is so different. Yeah. And then you don't want to get your, you don't want to be let down because you're like, you you like idolize this person for mm-hmm. so long and then they're not funny. 100%. Luckily, he pulled through. He was funny. He was the best storyteller out of everyone. He tells really good stories, which helps for him having a podcast. Definitely. But everyone was hilarious. The headliner, the quote, headliner end quote I don't, they didn't really have a headliner they just had a final act but jay uh cordy or something how do you say his last name i don't remember anybody's name what was he the what was his shtick again was he the he was the one that talked about yeah that guy he was so funny he actually had like six or seven hundred thousand followers on instagram wait what yeah so he's big Oh my God, wait, what? Yeah, but everyone who performed had a Netflix or Hulu special. Everyone was so funny. Yeah. They're, they're, even the like weirdest person still made me laugh. No, I know. Honestly, the weirder, the better. David and I were not sitting at the same table because you couldn't really choose where you were sitting, but we would look at each other from across and we would both just be throwing our heads back, <laughs> yeah. like cackling. And yeah. I was like, this is a good moment. Yeah, yeah, no, I was like literally screaming that whole, honestly, the whole show. Like I thought- there was, I, th- I thought everything was so funny. I will say to get in to the comedy cellar was like kind of a New York moment for us. Totally. Um, it was like very aggressive, like everyone like shouting at you. And a lot of the Texas folks were like not prepared to no, be like yelled at. <laughs> and everyone was like very overwhelmed. That's what I mean when I say New York's not approachable. Yeah. You just have to like 
not take it personally and scream back. No, 100%. And like that, and then you're covered. No one remembers or cares. But that was like mass chaos for a Yeah, second. no, that was chaos. Us Texas folk, man, we don't understand like when people aren't polite. They're like, there's not an organized line and we don't have like numbers like wait in. Right. Yeah. Um, no, but I would recommend everyone try to go to a comedy seller show because like Agreed. even if you like, obviously their worst person is going to be freaking hilarious. Yeah. Seriously, such a highlight of this year for me. I just loved that experience. Yeah. No, that was really fun. But something else funny happened on this trip that I wanted to talk about. What? So we're obviously, it's a work event. So the second night that we were there, oh God. we booked like a really fun ping pong hall. So we had like catered food, drinks, and everyone was playing ping pong. Spin. If you're in D.C. or New York, it's called Spin. Um, yes. They're kind of trolly. They're, I think they're good for a corporate event. I honestly thought it was a really great way to like have fun, be interactive, not have to like sit and talk to people the whole time. You could just kind of like play or, like play with ping pong. Did I tell you what happened when I entered? No. So I got there after everyone because I subwayed. Um, of course. <laughs> and I there was like another corporate event happening in the side room. And I walked in and I thought it was our people. And I'm there for like 30 seconds and I'm walking around and I'm like, wait, everyone's so hot in this yeah. room. I'm like, who is this? I was like, have I never seen people that we work with like this before? And then I like look at the sign and some other company. And I was no lie, like 30 seconds to being like, you know what? I'm not even going. You're like, I went I'm for Goldman. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying everyone's so hot in that room. Anyway. Obviously everyone's like drinking a little, little bit tipsy. And I'm standing in my, our manager, David and I have the same manager. She comes up to me <laughs> and she looks at me and she goes, Tally, I have a secret. And I was like, Imagine she fires you right there. <laughs> no, that would be crazy. I'd be like, okay, hey, first flight home. I'll take the red eye. But um, no, she was like, I have a secret. And I, I'm i like, oh my God, what happened? Did I like mess something up? Like, did I do something wrong in a report? And she was like, I know about your podcast. Uh. And I lost my mind. And I was like, okay, you need to have this exact same conversation with David. So I go and grab David and I'm like, you need to listen to this right now. Dude, and I was in line for a drink and you come up to me and you were like, oh my God, just told me the most craziest thing. You have to go over and talk to her. And I'm like, I, I knew you in knew. that moment. I was like, oh shit, who's she the knows. mole? <laughs> who's the mole? Who's the mole? Yeah, exactly. It still kind of gives me anxiety. <laughs> no, same, same. So... Hey, if you're hey, listening, no, we she's, love you. I, I believe that she's not listening. No, she's told. She was like, I felt like a mom invading my kids' privacy, so yeah. I'm not gonna listen. But I did listen to a couple minutes, and I thought the quality was really good, and it was yeah. amazing. So that was that was good. That was super nice. It's it's nice that like we can finally breathe. Cats out of the bag. Yeah, although I'm still on the hunt. So whoever's listening to this, who told her? Um, yeah, whoever I'm, spilled the beans and coming after you. I think I know who. Yeah, I told you who I think it is, right? I've told you who I think it is. Wait, mine is. Who's oh, yours? Oh, yeah, no, we have the same person. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay yeah. so we know who told. Yeah, that, if we both think that, then it has to be it the mole. It has to be, The yeah. mole is sweating right now listening no, to this. No, I know. I mean, intent matters. I don't think there was ill intention. I think it was more of just like, hey, did you know? I want to go on record that that's just Tally's opinion. Okay, yeah. David <laughs> thinks there was ill intention. <laughs> so, anyway, our manager knows. And Yum. now we can be our unauthentic. or our. <laughs> <laughs> now we can start lying. <laughs> Now we can be our unapologetic, authentic selves. Next time she's like, hey, can you work late? And I'm be like, sorry, I have to record the pod. You know. You know about I, the pod. They're all watching the Twitch stream right <laughs> they now. <just> <laughs> <laughs> like, like, they're all just, like, shit-talking in, like, a group chat. Like, Tools. David's wearing these, like, <laughs> sunglasses. And Tally's just, like, trolling.
David mentioned this movie, Leave the World Behind. It's number one on Netflix as we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, it deserves the number one spot. Did you watch it alone? I watched it alone. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. It was very suspenseful. Okay, so do you want to give the quick synopsis? A family vacation on Long Island is interrupted by two strangers bearing news of a blackout. As the threat grows, both families must decide how best to survive the potential crisis, all while grappling with their own place in this collapsing world. So it's essentially a... I mean, people framed it to me as an apocalyptic movie, which I don't think it's... I mean, it's in theory apocalyptic because our country would be ending. Right. But I didn't feel like the world was ending. True. True. I think though it's kind of hard to group. It's kind of like a thriller. That's how I've been describing it. A thriller apocalyptic. Yeah. Like um, a war. I mean, kind of war between countries. I don't know if we can leave that in because. It's a spoiler. It's a spoiler. Well. Should I say at the beginning of this? We'll say right now we're going to talk about it as if you've watched this movie. So if you plan on watching this movie immediately in the next week, don't listen to this. If you haven't watched the movie but have no plans to, just keep on listening. Because I know we lost some people in The Last of Us one. We did. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, this movie, even if spoiled to you, is still fucking crazy. So true. So true. When David said blackout, to confirm, it's like a tech a technology blackout, right? Yeah, so someone took down our satellites and yes. which power all of our power plants, all of the internet. Like, we have no electricity. We can't yes. do anything. Which There's made no me realize Wi-Fi. how There's much no- we rely on all that stuff. So this family is in this vacation home, and they pretty much have access to nothing. Mm-hmm. And within the first couple minutes, they're, they're renting a home. Yes. But the owner of the home comes home. Yes. And he's like, there's this blackout happening we're going to have to stay here for the night because we have nowhere else to go. Yeah. So it kind of starts out almost like it's going to be a horror film, but it's crazy. I mean, the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. They do such a great job with the suspense. Mm-hmm. I, like I, my heart was beating the whole time. Oh, same. I, so David, obviously, like I said, encouraged me to watch this mm-hmm. and we were going to like be like, let's talk about it on the pod. Yeah. I'm texting him the entire time. I'm like, why did you make me watch this? I'm going to pee my <laughs> pants. I'm screaming. Like yeah. what's going on? Yeah. It's crazy. It's interesting because I did not fully grasp, even I guess I still don't fully grasp why they had the old, the owner of the house, like these intruders come in. I thought a lot about this. And so the owner of the house is black and the family who's renting the house is white. Mm-hmm. And so my thought is there's, they make race tensions between the family, mainly Julia Roberts character and everyone else who she was the mother was like the most annoying character. She I was honestly terrible. was like, if you get hit by something right now, I would not care. No, I know. She was terrible. I was like, kill her. But what I think it is, is that at the end of the movie, they kind of show that potentially maybe this is a war from another country who's trying to do a coup d'etat and trying to have ourselves kill each other to the death and then they're going to take over our country. Mm-hmm. What I think that's showing is that there's the there's already so many like holes and tensions already without them doing anything that it wouldn't take that much to tear them apart because literally all they did was come back to the house and Julia Roberts character was obviously so stressed because of the color of their skin. I I took that as like, it's making it more real that like, Hey, we already have so many tensions and drama amongst ourselves to begin with. Like it literally took 
just a small push yeah. to get everyone to completely crumble and turn against each other. Yeah. Essentially. It's crazy because this movie actually made me not want to live in New York City. Dude. It was so funny because I, we watched this a, less than a week after coming home yeah. from New York. Yeah. That scene when they're in Long Island mm-hmm. and they're looking at the city yeah. and there's like an atomic bomb that's just gone off in yeah. the city. I seriously, my heart was like beating through my chest. Even though Dallas is a really big city, I'm happy that we live in a space that's kind of spread out. Totally. In this situation. Totally. Because if this, if a blackout happened as an attack and we had no power, obviously everyone would be screwed, but like everyone in New York City would be screwed. It was a very unique twist because a lot of these, the world is ending movies obviously are about zombies or what's that movie with Emily Blunt? It's the creatures that can't see the quiet place. Like it's always some sort of like mythological creature that doesn't exist. Yeah. This one was disturbing because it felt so real. I mean, I I think all of that could happen. Totally. Especially with a lot of like the political tensions that are Mm. happening right now with other countries and just everything that's going on. It just was a very disturbingly, it sat too close to home. The Obamas were one of the producers of the movie. That's why we were talking about this last night at Tipsy Elf and we were like, are they trying to tell us something? But there's a scene where, and it's funny because my dad has talked about this before. But there's a scene where they pull up on a bunch of white Teslas and the Teslas are just like slamming into each other because they've taken over the self-driving capability. There are hackers. Yes. And they've programmed them to all, even the ones on the lots, to just drive to this one location and block the roads and smash yeah. into each other. And that's like such a crazy thing that could happen because I've, I, I'm going to sound so uneducated right now because I don't really remember. But I think it was China or there was some foreign country where there was a natural disaster happening and Tesla's have a natural miles per hour cap and they Tesla programmed the cap to be raised so that people could go faster to get out of the natural disaster. So whoever controls the Tesla cars, like they already do stuff like that and have power of like, what speeds cars but does it have the power to like program the car to just drive wherever you want because okay the only reason i say this is because elon did you hear that elon came back and like clapped back at this movie did he of course he did and he he was like this is not accurate or it's like okay it's a fictional movie elon also i didn't read which aspect he was saying isn't accurate but he was like the movie didn't exactly portray like tesla accurately which it's fine it's not real sounds like a pr stunt i'm sure he's saying that they have like more security than that totally but this is like worst case scenario like, like the, the, the hacker has taken over the entire nation right so, so they like, can take over tesla would be so easy and i guess like the thing about hacking is it's all done remotely yeah like you can take over anything with like a some sort of programming system an operating system yeah. whatever can be hacked into so it did make me not want to buy a, like a smart car though no smart cars in no new york city is yeah. what i got from yeah, this 100 percent. i was texting david and i was like i'm never buying a tesla in my entire life no i know i know so now i get like why he does the pr stuff because honestly like i'm not even lying i'm now hesitant to buy it yeah it was i mean and everyone who's watched that scene that was like so stressful it was really disturbing yeah the whole movie was amazing though i hated the ending i saw some people loved the ending i hated it i literally screamed i know i was like are you kidding me and also like we all saw that coming from a mile away i didn't when she got so when she started playing friends i was like oh shit i've been watching this movie for too long i was like this is the end isn't it yeah but i hated that little girl i was like okay we were starting to like make strides forward. Like the mom and the other daughter were friends in the cabin. 
Yes. And like they were looking for the other daughter and the other daughter's just like eating all of the snacks, which I'm like, okay, that's so rude. I like, know. Those aren't your snacks. No, for sure. <laughs> the only benefit that she like played was that she knew something was wrong. Yeah. I think the purpose of her character was to provide like that little glimmer of hope that you can like find the happiness in any sort of really big crisis. Yeah. Dude, the most stressful part was the teeth. Dude, you know that's so triggering for me right now. I know now. it is. I had a breakdown during... I had to pause and literally take a breath because I was like, are my teeth going to fall out? Yeah. I didn't really get... Like, is he... He... Like, were we doing some chemical warfare there? Because he threw up blood, so I guess he's dead. He's dying, right? Yeah. Well, he had radiation poisoning. I always struggle with this. Like, would you want to be the last one in an apocalyptic situation and have to move forward? Or do you want to be, like, just knocked out? My perspective on this is I just want to die with my, like, with my family. Like, I want to be with them. Like, yeah. I don't want to be without them. What's your thoughts? I agree. Like, if, ever, if all my friends and family were gone, I'd be like, what's the point? I will say, though, that if I was in a situation where, like, let's say I had a friend who was really motivated to figure out what was going on and they passed, like, I would take it on as my mission to be like, I want to figure this out for them. Which I feel like is always what happens in the movies. Like, nobody's really doing it for themselves. Because I like to think that humans are nice people. And I, I don't think you can move forward just for yourself. Like, you're, people are like, oh, I'm doing this for my family. Or I'm doing this for, like, Bob. Because he right. really wanted to. That's the only totally. way I can move forward. Is if, like, everyone died. But someone to me was like, I, we need to figure it out. I'd be like. But would you want to live in a world where, like, everyone you love is not there anymore? I would want to save the world. I don't know if I would want to live after we figured out the issue. I mean, I'm down if we as a society want to stop with cell phones. You know I'd be the first one to throw my phone. No, I know you would be. But then who would send me TikToks all night? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's so true. As I say, as we have a podcast and an Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember to follow us on all of our social media platforms at Touche the Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to us on your streaming platform of choice to get notified every time an episode drops be sure to rate us five stars send us an email to touche the podcast at gmail follow us everywhere your little heart desires follow us around yeah follow us at the store <laughs> what are you gonna go do i'm gonna go what did we talk about i'm gonna go listen to some christmas music i'm gonna go look up apartments in new york that's so fake that's so fake i'm <laughs> gonna go work on my stand-up career that's what you want to end with? Yeah. I guess you got jokes. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. I don't know what other holidays there are. Your sh your pants, in the best way, are kind of giving Kim Possible. Thank you so are much. Are those, um, what are those pants called? Not chupas. Cargos? Yeah, no. Yeah, I know. But like, what is the? Capris. No, like, they're like, kind of like, yo not yoga pant material, but they're like, oh, gauchos. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's messed up. <laughs> Those used to be so comfy. If, okay, any of my gals who are still listening, a pair of gauchos and those big sequin bags that like hung over your shoulder like a knapsack, oh those were it. Bring back gauchos. Bring back gauchos. BBG, baby. <laughs> Hope you enjoy the time with your family and your friends. You eat some good food and we will see you next time. Ah!